Blog Talk Radio. Yes, ma'am. I can hear you clearly. Can you hear me as well? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you're pretty, pretty good. So I'm uh I got my earphones on tonight, earpieces on, so you never know with uh technology, so that's why I was asking and I've sent a message out too for Tasha to let us know that she can hear us okay as well. So how has today and this week thus far been for you, Rodney? What's going on in your life? Everything is good. everything is good. Um it has been uh it has been raining here actually for about a week now, but nonetheless, uh we are we are doing good. We are hanging in there and uh, um no complaints here. How about you? How's everything on your end? Same here. The weather has been, uh, we've had quite a bit of rain. It actually rained some today, too. Uh, the weather is its cold and um, windy, rainy, but, uh, you know, still all is good, all is well. Uh, so we're doing good here. We're doing good. Um, just want to thank everybody again for tuning in with us. I want to remind you, if you do have something to add at any time during the show, please select the number one. We'll pull you in um, by identifying the area code that you're calling from and the last four digits of the number, again, that you're calling from tonight. So, again, thank you for tuning in with us. Um, very exciting show. As always, we have lined up very thought-provoking and hopefully helpful to our listeners tonight. Um, before we start, just want to also go back to uh, Rodney reminded me last last week when you, you told me that you did the trash can, baby. So we kind of forget that a lot, or I do. So I want to remind people, especially as we embark upon this topic, anger issues, because um, life is really about changing and 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 I'm learning changing from um, just from the battle within, the battle of self. So mm-hmm. if we continue to to promote change, uh, self awareness. We want to share our our trash can baby, our concept with you, and that is simply just to help you realize consistently um, how our mind just keeps up with the smallest, most insignificant thing, something as as little and um, unimportant, I guess, if we'd like to say that, as trash. Um, but even, even trash becomes important when you know, when there's nobody collecting it. You know, it, be, it becomes something that we want moved out of our way and out of our life. So as we continue to promote change and just um, – like I said, self-awareness, understanding of self, not being a victim, and taking responsibility for that change, but more so being intentional about taking every thought captive so that you can change and redirect those thoughts um, in in the proper way, in the proper place. So move your trash can. This is what we ask of our listeners, and if you haven't did this, I haven't did it in a while. Matter of fact, I think I might try it again tonight because it's, it's been a long time since I've, I've moved mine. But move your trash can and then just kind of monitor how often or do you return back to its old location, to where you moved it from. And if it's not your trash can, then certainly let it be something that you often have to go to. You know, it could be your toothbrush. Put it in a different place. 
something that you use daily, that you access on a daily basis. Move it and then think about just how um, – what other things, I guess, what other things are you just on, on autopilot with, you know, whether good or bad for you, indifferent, whatever, just how many things do you just do because you, that you're accustomed to it, you're used to it. I found myself, again, going the wrong, well, not really the wrong way, but I was going somewhere else on the interstate. I was supposed to be going somewhere else, and I looked up, and I was getting off the exit to go home. I had passed, far passed. I had to turn around and go back just because every day I go home and I didn't, I didn't even think about it. You know, I'm just on the interstate. I'm going home. And it didn't <laughs> dawn on me until I saw the exit that I was getting. Up. I was like, wait a minute. I passed get well, like far, like probably seven, eight exits back. Mm. And so we just get in autopilot mode and we have to be really intentional about everything, and, let, and before we start getting, I'll turn it over to you, Rodney. But I want to say, wherever you are right now in life, like like Rodney asked, you know, Tammy, how before before we got on, how are you today? What's going on? We asked that, and we ask it again on here, of course. But there's so many things that I could complain about tonight. There, there really is. I just choose not to. So wherever you are in life, however you're feeling. There's a door number one, and there's a door number two. So however you're feeling, you've chose to feel this way or to um, put more focus on those feelings because this this topic kind of came about because I, w- I was out on about Friday, and people just seem to be in this, this funk. Like and it, it was older people. It wasn't wasn't per se our younger people. It was people um, my age and up. You know, just 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 for no reason, seemingly just angry, just angry at at just angry. And there was there's there was no just it just there was no happiness or joy in the lives of most people that I encountered. Um, there were some. And the last encounter that I had, I remember just thinking, what is going on? What is wrong with people? And I looked at this little young girl who was in her dad's arms, and I just said, baby, I refuse to let them draw me in. And she just, you know, looked at me and kind of smiled, not knowing what I was talking about. She just knew I was speaking, saying something to her. Um, so this, this discussion, this topic came about as a result of me posting about that. And so I'm going to read that because I know not everybody is on um, Facebook or maybe had an opportunity to see it. So the post says, just one question, great people. I've been out most of the day running errands, grocery shopping, you know, the, the usual stuff. My question is this, why are so many people so angry and what are we so angry about? There is so many things that I could choose to be angry or disappointed about at this time in my life. I mean, life has truly threw me for a loop these last few years, but I choose to take my lemons and squeeze them until I get lemonade. No matter what you're going through or what it looks like, let me remind you that there is so much in life to be thankful for. If you are feeling a little down and out or just feeling some kind of way, take a minute 
to stop and count your blessings. Take notice of the small, simple things in life. Life happens, so don't sweat the small stuff. Be intentional about controlling your thoughts, emotions, and feelings. So there were some some great responses to that, and we'll get to those um, later in the show. But that's how this topic kind of came about, um, just from that question. And like I said, we had several several responses, and there were some great responses, so we'll share those. So, Rodney, over to you. Terry, I was um I was thinking about this uh this topic today and um I'm gonna share something personal um because I think that there are a lot of different um answers to this question and by all means you guys if you're listening I I saw a few people just tuned in. Uh please press the number one if you have a question or a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Um but I was thinking about this today, and and um, I think that there are a lot of different answers to this question, and um, you know whether it is justified or not, uh, you know that that's not up to us to determine, because people's uh, perception is reality, and we may feel like you know people don't have a reason to be angry, but. If they feel like they have a reason to be angry, then that is what matters to them. Whether or not it matters to me, that that's that's my business. But if people feel like they have a reason to be angry, then they're going to be angry. But um, I remember growing up and being angry, but didn't really understand um, why I, why I was angry. Um, and then I, when I feel like I knew I was angry, I'm going to say lack of understanding causes people to be angry. And here's what I mean. I was one of those kids who um, grew up with a single mom. I, um, and like kids, um, like some kids who grew up with a single mom, you know, you grow up with a lot of questions. Where's dad? Why isn't dad here? Why is it that, you know, we don't live together? You know, why is it that, you know, uh, you know, my parents are not together? Um, you know, and we, pro- like I probably saw my dad maybe three or four times a year. Um, you know, so it was always, you know, you know, why is it that I don't, you know, you know, we don't live together and now I hardly ever see him. And then it was, you know, I would, I would call him. He wouldn't answer or he wouldn't call me back. Um, and so I didn't understand it when I was growing up because, you know, children think like children. I just wasn't sure. Um, and I didn't know what was going on, um, and I just knew that I wanted to be with my dad. I wanted to be around with my dad, wanted a relationship with my dad, wanted us all to live together. And then when I would be around him, it it seemed like my dad, like, you know, was young and, and having fun and enjoying his life, and, like, he had a lot of money, and it's like, man, like, that's not the life that we have. You know, we're struggling. And... 
I made a lot of decisions as a boy and as a teenager as a result of these feelings. And so when I got, it wasn't until I became an adult and was able to go back and reflect and realize I was a very angry child uh, because of those things. Um, But interestingly, I started living with my dad when I was 12. And although I lived with him from 12 to 21, it was sort of the same thing. Like we lived in the same house, but I never saw him. We lived in the same house, but we didn't have a relationship. We, We barely talked to each other. Um, so even though we still live in the same house, um, you know, I still wanted that relationship and felt like I wasn't getting it. But growing up, I remember my mom not really having positive things to say about my dad. I remember, um, you know, when, when he didn't, um, when he would say that he was going to do something and he didn't do it, it was so, it, it, it was like, see, you know, you know, I tried to tell you, <laughs> you know, and so it didn't really help the situation. So I grew up thinking that, you know, here I have this, this dad that just doesn't want to be bothered with me. Now, granted, my dad was, um, while he was guilty, of, you know, not being there and not being around, I did not know the whole story. I did not know uh, that there were a lot of things between my dad and my mom and things between my dad and my my family, things that had been said to my dad. Um, There were a lot of things that happened that I didn't know anything about until I got older. And I still think that there are things that I don't know. But there are a lot of things that I did not find out until I got older. And even though it, you know, didn't necessarily excuse or justify why he wasn't there, I at least understood why he wasn't around as much as I wanted him to be. So I will say um, one of, I think that one of the reasons why people may be angry is because of a lack of understanding. I agree with that, Rodney. And I think uh, a few times we, we uh, pursue understanding because it takes, it takes a lot for people to sit down and try to gain understanding without with the possibility of not necessarily being right. And I think we've talked about mm-hmm. how we, we we so often sometimes, and, and, and let's not make a mistake, we, we all get angry. Like, I get angry. I'm sure Rodney does. We, it, is, it is a natural um, feeling, emotion. But this is different. This kind of anger is different. It's like it's it's rooted. It's embedded. It is how they wake up in the morning. It's what they what they are all day. It's really just a personal, internal. This is what it feels like. This is what it felt like Friday. Like my goodness, what is going on? What is happening? What has bought? What has what has 
brought you to this point? Because it, and it may not be, but it just seems like this had become the character of most of the people that I saw on this day. And I'm like, what is it? To the point, like, I seriously walked out of Walmart, which I never really go. <laughs> like, I, there are times I used to sit in the parking lot and pray before I go in there, like, Lord, help me. And I probably should have did it on the, <laughs> this day. But um, I walked out saying, God, help help our people. Help us. And I'm not talking about just just people are, that are the same color that I am or or women, it just seems to be in the atmosphere. And so mm-hmm. Jim and I were talking about how we're, we're, we're in the midst of or amongst the most, this, this is a time where everything is truly accessible to us. Like we can, we can microwave something and get it, have a meal and, and an instant, you got the hot pot or whatever that instant pot now, so if you don't want microwave, you can do that. We can get in our cars and be miles and miles away in in a short time. We can fly. Every everything is is accessible to us. It seems at arm reach, but yet I still think that the bottom line comes to feelings of disconnect, not being not having a place where we feel. It doesn't mean that you're not, that you feel valued and understood. Um, and sometimes, and that's why I say it doesn't mean that you're not. Sometimes that has nothing to do with the people in your life. Sometimes you feeling that way has nothing to do with them. In fact, I saw this on a movie, and I think it was Instant Family. It was a Netflix movie, and this mother-in-law um, and, and and the daughter-in-law were, were kind of having a conversation about the kids that had been adopted, and she the the mother the daughter-in-law asked the, the mother-in-law, well, don't you don't you feel loved? And she and the mother-in-law says, no, but that's not your fault. You have a, and she was taking taking responsibility for her feelings and not placing it on someone else, and thinking that someone else is responsible for her healing. And I think oftentimes, Rodney, that people people get caught up in thinking um, because this happened to me um, whenever, if it, whether it had been a child or whatever, these things happened to me, so I have a right to feel this way. Well, really, you are giving people and things control of your life because, again, however mm-hmm. you feel, it's a choice. You've made a choice to feel bad or a choice to feel good. You can pull yourself out of it just as, as much as you could pull yourself into it. And mm-hmm. so I think that with the understanding um, that is that that is that is truly, truly so true. I have I talked to one of my cousins this week and we had a family member um, that just seemed to be really from from our standpoint, and we didn't know why, that seemed to be really angry with everybody on on, on a certain side. And uh, one of my cousins said that there was a there was a post about this person saying, um, you know, I've been angry with my family for a long time, and I got to get over it. And we were like, you know, that that's it. But to, for him to say that. 
and acknowledge it, it's big. And like to hear that he said that, like all the all the things that I had let boil up in me just went away. Because now I understand. Now I get it. Um, mm-hmm. But for him to say it, it is it, it's just it's just like okay, okay, we get it, and let's move on. But people don't we don't say that often. It's it's just a blessing that he chose to and he did, regardless of what happens with it. It was freeing to hear that he realizes, and 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 it's probably just a big misunderstanding that one one conversation. I love this that we're all one conversation away from a good relationship, a great relationship, Mm -hmm. regardless of what kind, or from understanding one another. But we just won't sit down long enough and with the heart of understanding rather than the heart of I'm right and you should agree and this is the way it should have happened and this is the way it should have been said and all of that. Let's just get an understanding because, let's face it, we all are different. We come from different walks of life. We've been through different situations that has shaped our personality into who we are, how we are, um, events in life, all of that. We, we all come from different places. But it does not take away from we're all on the same journey, hopefully, that we, we're going to go somewhere. There's one thing we, we have to do is I was searching, I sent out texts tonight about the show. I passed five people that their names and numbers are still on my phone, but they're not here with us. They're gone. Oh, wow. They're gone. And and that includes Ron, Ron Bodridge. You know, I don't know if we talked about the last time he was on the show, but you know, I'm still seeing people that are just finding out about him, just as I did a few weeks ago. And I, how I found out, I tagged him in the show, you know, so he could listen. And thank God someone sent me a message and say, said, I'm sorry, but Ron is no longer with us. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm standing up writing my friend Deborah, Deborah's name on, on paper um, a few months ago. So reminding myself that I have to call her back, and my plans was to call the next day. She's gone. I never got that chance. Like overnight, she's gone. So the things that we are angry about and the people that we're angry with, what if, what if you woke up and they weren't here tomorrow? Would all the things that you're angry about matter? What 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 would life be like without that person and all the unanswered questions or conversations that you may have and that has caused you anger? Imagine how that anger will multiply if the person is gone, and how um, how small the actual issues or or things are. Just imagine. Just imagine. Back over to you, Rodney. Tammy, uh, while we are um, on that on that subject, I think I, I think it's um, critical to go back to the scripture that we listed in the in the description, and 
It's Ephesians 4 and 26, and it says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. For those of you listening, and again, feel free to press the number one and, you know, ask a question or give a comment. But we are not saying that you cannot or should not get angry because it is a normal emotion. It's natural for people to get angry because there are going to be things that are going to make you angry. And for everybody, that might be totally different. And that's why I started off saying that, you know, people's perception is their reality. So whatever they are angry about or upset about, to them it's worth getting angry about. And even if we don't know why they are angry, or even if we don't think it is something that they should be angry over, it is their right to be angry. And even in the Bible, you get you have permission to be angry. It says, be ye angry. It just says, and sin not. Two things that it tells you to do. The first one it tells you is that in the midst of being angry, don't sin. And usually, when we open our mouth, that's one of the segues, or that's one of the ways that we get ourselves in trouble. If you are angry, and this is me, this is not the Bible, this is not God, this is me. If you are angry, the best thing for you to do is probably walk away from the situation or from the people, whatever has gotten you to this point, and be silent. Because even in the book of James 3 and 2, it talks about how if you're able to uh, control your tongue, you're the same as a perfect man. Because our tongue, our mouth, gets us in a whole lot of trouble. And if you're angry, there's no telling what is going to come out. And then that's what, you know, then we end up apologizing and I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it. Well, had you just walked away or had you just, you know, um, been silent, you know, it may have been a different conversation later. But being angry is not a sin. It just says sin not. So being angry, anything that is mentioned as a sin, you should not do it when you're angry. You should not commit a murder because you're angry. You should not commit adultery because you're angry. You shouldn't steal because you're angry. You Blasphemy, none of that because you're angry. The second thing it says is let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now, to me, based on what I know, and, and if somebody takes it in a figurative way, then then by all means, please please feel free, free to share. I think one way you can look at this, if it says let not the sun go down upon your wrath, the sun usually goes down in the evening, um, just before night. So 
to me, one way you can take that is don't go to bed angry. The other way to look at it is the sun goes down approximately every 24 hours. It goes down one time a day, and there may be a few minutes of difference, and I know, you know, it goes down later in the summer than it does in the winter, but there's usually about a 24-hour period which the sun goes down. So to me, that says let it go in terms of anger. You should be calmed down within that period. I'm not saying that it that all of your feelings are going to completely go away. However, like you were saying, Tammy, where people walk around angry for years, suppose you're you're angry, like you were saying, Tammy, and the people you're angry with, they pass away within that 20-year period that you're angry. Then what? And I think we have to think about those things and You know, I get that people are going to do things that you don't like, but it should not, or at least I'll tell you how I am, I refuse to give anybody that much power over me to the point that I'm going to be upset with you forever. I'm not going to do that. Give if I if I get to that point where I'm angry, give me a little bit of time, and I'm going to shake it off. Because I'm not going to ruin my day because of something somebody said to me or something somebody did to me. I'm not going to ruin my night. I may not wake up in the morning if I go to bed angry. I may not wake up in the morning, and I don't want to die that way. So I think that we we have to understand that one it is it is natural, and two, let's work on some ways to not let things fester in our hearts to the point where we're not speaking to people for years or long periods of time. Tammy, we have a caller. Did you have anything before I brought the call in? Um, I do have one thing um, <coughs> as it relates to reality that. Um, you know, when people are angry, it's, it's, it's their perception is basically the reality. I want to read this before we bring our caller in. It says, in some, perception may or may not be reality, but there is plenty of reason to believe that most perception is an illusion created by our mind to help us organize and relate to our personal understanding of what reality is. That says a lot. And I'll read it one more time a little bit quicker. In some perception may or may not be reality. So get that. May or may not be reality. But there is plenty of reason to believe that most perception is an illusion. And I'll go back to that understanding because unless you have an understanding, Without wanting to be right and a, 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 a will to understand the situation, not based on your understanding or your 
um, life alone, but also having compassion and grace for the other person. So there is plenty of reason to believe that most perception is an illusion created by our mind. And I'd like to add by our mind and thoughts and feelings and emotions to help us organize and relate to our personal understanding of what reality is. And that is something that we, we must understand that just because, like I mentioned earlier, that, yes, things have happened in our lives, trauma, events that, that were probably, I won't say probably, that is, that is unfair, but that's everybody. But, but, and we have gained personality from that pain, hurt, we gain some sense of understanding that shapes that reality unless we really think about, okay, door number one or door number two. Because staying in that place is only going to distort your reality even the more and create the division and the misunderstanding because we're not having the conversations to gain them. So I just wanted to read that, Rodney, before you bring in. We can talk about it afterwards, but before you bring the caller in. Absolutely, because I, 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 I do want to talk about that a little bit more, Tammy. Uh, right now, we're going okay. to bring in caller from area code 901. Last four digits are 4351. Caller, you're on the air. Okay, hey, Rodney and Tammy, how y'all doing? Hey, good. How, yeah, are you? how are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, we're talking about anger tonight, huh? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> when we talk about anger, that's a subject that uh, you can travel down so many avenues discussing the word anger. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, anger, just like anything else, out of place can be dangerous. You know, there's a time to rest, there's a time to work, there's a time to laugh, and there's a time to cry, and there's a time to be happy. And there's also a, a time to be anger. But I think the first step in dealing with any type of anger, whether it be long-term, short-term, self-inflicted, family-inflicted, or any other form of anger, anger that comes your way, you have to have a relationship with God. He, he's got to be the peace point. And building on top of that, you have to find inner peace and when you find inner peace it opens up a whole new horizon of self-understanding and self-evaluation or learning how to cope learning how to be content a lot of people are just angry at the fact that they may feel like they're not where they need to be in life you know mm-hmm. it comes to time in your life where you have to understand that Society tells us we have to live in a mansion, we have to drive a Lexus or a Mercedes, we have to have so much money in the bank, but that's not true. Uh, self-acceptance and self-peace is just knowing your worth throughout it all. You know, we have a lot of people out there that have been uh, abused throughout the years, maybe physically abused, emotionally abused, but you have to come with knowing your self-worth to find that inner peace. And on, on top of that, you can deal with any type of anger that comes your way, you know. I mean, anger it, 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 anger can be a motivational 
It can you can be mad about hey, I'm not happy with the way this went. I'm not happy with the way things are going. So I'm gonna find the uh, motivation to get past this. I'm gonna I'm gonna build a better foundation for for myself or for whatever situation I'm dealing with. And it also can be a crutch. You know, you can be angry about something or at someone to where it can it can tear down a foundation. It can turn down or uh, something that needs to be firm in your life. So you need to understand the the uh situation that anger has brought you away and there are different techniques, there are different ways you could uh you can deal with anger because there's emotional anger, there's physical anger, like I said, there's low long term anger and there's short term anger. And the best way to deal with the type of anger in your life you have to understand what type of anger you're dealing with and find out the best solution or the best transaction or transition that you can use to destroy it. But on top of all, I think having that relationship with God and asking him to come into your your your, your life and, and helping you to deal with it, I think that's the best and the foremost, the first step you should take in dealing with any type of anger. And thank okay, you so for letting me express that. I have, don't go anywhere yet, though. Stay right there because I have stay right there. I got I got a question for you. I got a couple of questions for you. Okay. <laughs> and I agree. I I, I agree. Um, I want to I want I agree with what you said, but I want to pull something out here because and and I'm going to be honest, and I don't want to steer it um, towards the religion side, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I I I believe and I feel that most of the people that I encounter. Um, with this kind of anger um, have i'm gonna i'm just gonna say have a relationship with god okay so they so so mm-hmm. well I'm just gonna say have a relationship with god i and and i and I believe everything starts there and you said this you just said it in a different way. I believe where we get caught up is not having that relationship with who God created. And that's us. Like I, I, like we can say we love God, but if I don't love me, and 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 I, my reality is that God created me fearfully and wonderfully created me, then I have a distorted relationship with God, and that's with anybody else. That I mean, that's that, and it carries over into life. And I think you're right. Also, when you say people are. For the most part, we are looking outwardly. We're looking at what society says we should have, and we may, we may not have those things. And so we find some. We feel we feel devalued. We feel not valuable. We don't feel that we have made it in society. I personally think when we had less, we seemed to be happier. And I think that's what that was because we trusted. God more. We we relied on God for things that um, just for life and things. And somehow I think the more that we the world has given us or think that we think we have, um, the more we think we're in control of our own lives and that we we can do it. And so so this way, if we're not doing it, then something must be wrong. And so the the battle becomes getting it doing it and so we run this rat race of doing it but never really feeling like we get it and when we get it we want the next thing that society brings to us so I'll I'll give it back to you but the main thing out of that is 
not to for me is not just having that relationship with God. And like I said, you said this caller, but having that relationship with yourself, you gotta know who you are so that your perception does not always have to be your reality. Even your perception of yourself. And people don't want to talk about that. People really don't want to talk about how they really feel in the midnight hour. They don't want to talk about how they feel when they look in the mirror. Because if, if I, even, my, even sometimes with, with now, as much as I'm pursuing to change internally, I still have those thoughts that I have to say, come on back, come back, come back this way, Tammy. Because my, Tammy's perception is not always a reality. In fact, most times it's not. It's just, it's, it's my, my need to get away from the things that have shaped my personality and my understanding of people and this world. So we have to get an understanding of ourselves, even to have a right relationship with God. And in order to change and pursue and, and embrace understanding people rather than wanting to always be right or thinking someone else is wrong. So, Carla and Rodney, I'm giving it back over to y'all. Y'all tell me what you think about that. Um, to add to what you just said, Tammy, I want to ask our caller, how does somebody build, uh, let's say they don't have a relationship with God, um, or let's say that they are somebody who's just starting to that, that they've just accepted uh, Christ into their life, and they're trying to, you know, get to that place. How uh, how would they, or what do you recommend? How how would they build um, on that relationship with God in order to get to that place? Because we know it's not going to happen overnight. But how do they get to that place where they can uh, control their anger or control their emotions, period? How, how would you uh, suggest okay, well, they, you they do the following? Well, you answered it. You said it doesn't happen overnight. And they need to realize that God, just like anything else, is uh, well, God is unlimited. And there's no such mm-hmm. thing as spending one day with God and taking him all in in one day. You know, you can't spend eternity with God and take him in all for eternity because he's, his goodness is unlimited. And so mm-hmm. um, get in God, pray, talk to God, and love God and understand that this process is going to take some time. You know, understand that you're going to have to grow in God, and when you grow in God, you'll grow into any bad situation that you're faced with, whether it be good and bad. It's like uh, a bank account. The more you work toward it, the more money you save, the the uh, the more the higher your balance be. Just like with God, the more you put into God, the more uh, godliness you'll become. You know, uh, just the same as your situation. It's just putting forth effort. You know. So just realizing that it's not going to be a one hour or one day thing. It's just it's going to take time to grow in any situation, whether it be bad or good. And just realize and know that you're that you're making progress, you know, and understand that. 
Okay. Uh, I do. I do want to say this too, um, and thank you. For, thank you so much for calling in and then um, uh, sharing your thoughts with us. I like something that you said early on, um, and I think it's a good, um, a good tip, a good strategy. One of the positive ways or the good ways that we can deal with anger is using it as motivation. Um, you know, I. I I know I don't know who um, you know gets into sports, but I remember um, you know this football season. Um, Raheem Mostert, who plays for the Forty ers is one of the running backs. He had a lot of success, especially towards the end of the season. And in the playoffs, they were talking about how um, he had been uh, like cut from so many teams. I think it was like six or seven teams. And, you know, but he said what he did was he was so determined to play football, he he used all of that. Every time a team said, nope, he used that, the next the next opportunity he got. And then finally he he ends up in the Super Bowl. And I think so often – we take the opposite route. We allow ourselves to be de- de- defeated or we take our anger and we, we do the opposite of what the Bible says. And we do sin, whatever that, whatever that means for us. But I think that that's a really good tip in that you can take your anger and you and utilize it in a positive manner. Let's say, um, you know, somebody – says something that you don't like, or let's say, um, you know, uh, let's say you lose a loved one, or let's say um, you, 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 you catch your spouse, you know, in the act of, in the act of cheating, or um, let's say your boss is being unfair constantly. You can use those things for your good. You can you can turn those things into a positive. However, I think you have to be in the right mindset. You 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 have to say, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take this situation and prove you right yet that that you think this of me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna prove you right. No, you think this of me or you treating me this way. But instead of feeding into it. I'm going to turn it around, and, and and I will show you otherwise. Me, when I was in 10th grade, I remember being so upset because I was um, a fraction of a point away from a D, right, which wasn't good either. And I remember being so upset because, um, you know, the teacher would not change the grade. And I'm like, man, come on, like, really, it's, it's .7 points. And he said to me, if you want a D – you're going to have to earn it. And my first thought was, you know what? I'll show him. I'll get an A in his class. And that that was what I did. So even though I was frustrated because I'm like, man, I got to go home and deal with the fact that I'm taking this F home, um, I was able to turn it around. And I think that's a very um, good thing. I, I do have a question. Um, if, if I don't know how much time you have, Carla, but um, I do have a question. Uh, I'd love to hear from you and Tammy. Do you think some of our anger is learned or, or or 
let's say we're we're trained to be angry. For example, do you think that we we feed into um um like because I am a man I should be mad about certain things or because I'm black I should be angry about certain things or because I'm white I should be angry about certain things or because I'm a Christian, I should be angry about certain things. Do you think that we learn anger from the actions or the words of other people? Okay. Let me say this, and I don't mean to offend anybody, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> have y'all heard about the black woman or the black female syndrome? Have you heard about that? Um, no. Oh, Let me explain it to you. Okay. Um, by me working in retail and being a retail manager, okay, I have always heard that black females are the highest percentage or are in the highest percentage of being the most angriest customers. And... Uh, Somehow that seems true, you know, and I always wonder, I said, why is it always, when I'm dealing with customers, black females are always to be the ones so quick-tempered, you know, always to be the ones that uh, sometimes we call it how nice you are to them or how you try to resolve the situation, they're going to always come with the worst attitude. And then I, I, it often it crossed my mind and then I read that somehow, you know, black females, through ever since slavery, was the ones that was, they was, even though it was the white male, the, the white female, then the black male, and the black female, they was at the top, bottom of the totem pole, you know. And somehow, um, they was always the one that were mistreated the most. You know, which I'm not saying I'm agreeing with you. This is what books and things are saying. But somehow it seems too. So I don't know if this trait is inherited or is it just a part of our culture. But it just kind of hit the the, the nail dead on the head and everything. So tell me, can by you being a black female, can you kind of help me out with that one? I don't know if this is an inherited trait, is a learned trait, or Oh, or is it taught? Well, I, I'm going to need a black female insight on this. Well, um, I'm going to go back because I, I think Rodney, has de- we have definitely discussed, maybe not on the show in this sense, but I know Rodney and I from time to time because we'll kind of share what goes on from time to time um, in preparation of the show or just, just throwing thoughts out to each other. And, and, and maybe this is a something that we need to ponder of having another show later. I think that that black women, African American women who however you people we identify ourselves, I guess, we've gotten a bad rap in a sense. However, there is there is um there are some things that we as a whole need to address because there there we have kind of been at the bottom of the uh, of the list on both sides and and we have internally um, we have internalized that 
some of us, not all. And I don't think people understand men, um, even, even I don't think we truly understand what we have internalized, what we've seen and, and, and or heard, and, and we've, we've taken an ownership to some of these things thinking that we are last. We, we're last, but I'm here to tell you, I'm I'm not last. I I am first because of who created me. You have to get that mindset. You have to believe it. Just like I go back to saying, you have that relationship with God. You have have to have a relationship with who God created. Black, blue, green, whatever. Now I they, I've met all all um, races of women who have attitudes who are just angry. And so we, we have to stop, first of all, and I, I'm saying we because I found myself doing the same thing. So we first have to stop defining black women, white women, um, and, and all of that because it goes back to really just culture. Some of the things we, have, we, we just grew up in, it has become our reality because of course, that's that's our perception. We, especially if you were if we were raised by people who came through slavery, who has taken on that mindset because it's hard to get away from what you were raised in. So to answer your question, is anger a learned behavior? I think it can be, Rodney. I think that it really can be. However, we have to take responsibility in anything. And step away from it and say, okay, this is, this is what I've seen, heard, this is what I've lived, this was my world. But does it have to be my future? Does it have to be my now? And we have to become aware of circumstances in our lives, even our own behavior. So often we look at the behavior of others, but we have to become aware of ourselves and see and, and then challenge what the circumstances we've gone through has did to us. Challenge it and choose the other door and not let that become our behavior. Find out what's, what's triggering us. You know, whether you're black, white, blue, or green. And, I, and, and then going back to what Rodney said about the understanding, I remember just last year taking the Ethnos class, and this is a class where black, white, it was at, at Hope. If anybody can take that class here in Memphis, it is so worth it because these, these are all races of people sitting around talking about race. And the question was asked about, um, you're going to have to help me with this word, Rodney. I could never get it right. Systematic racism. Systematic Am I saying it right? Systematic racism. And so this yep. white middle-aged guy asked the question, what, he says, I just don't get it. I, I, I don't understand it. And I, and, and I said, let me, let me answer this for a minute because, I, and I know I'm going to do what I said we shouldn't do. Okay, as a black mother, as, as a black mother, you don't know the fear I had watching my son grow up as a black young man. You don't know the fear of, of even to that day, the night that I'm saying this, 
my son will call me and I've cooked and he wants something to eat. It's 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and he's five minutes away from me. If that, if you catch the light. And I would rather, I would rather, as this woman would rather take it to him than have him drive five minutes because I don't want a cop to stop him. You don't know, and, I, and I'm telling this to, again, these black, white people. And I said, you don't know, and you never will know that feeling because your son's not the same color as mine. And he will, for the most part, not be seen or judged as my black son. And so even that is enough to make a black woman angry, even that alone. But I cannot let that steer my life. Now, now, do I want these people or people, not these people, people to understand? Yes. Yes, because that's the only way we promote the change. And a lot of anger is, it does come from the misunderstandings for sure. But disappointment, like we live in a world where there are churches, y'all, every few minutes, if that, every couple of seconds, I'm passing a church on the same street. I don't have to turn. And most of these churches are filled on Sundays. Most of these people, as our caller said, they have relationships with God, okay? So why are we still so angry and then so angry at people, people that look like us, people that don't look like us? So it is an internal, no, no matter if it was learned behavior, no matter, no matter the reason, we have to take accountability for not allowing it to become who we are or what we live by. So, yeah, to answer it, yeah, for our caller, I have thought the same thing that that seems like it seems as if I encounter even just something as simple as going to eat. It's as if, and, and Rodney, we'll maybe make, do a show off of this. I think we semi did one. It's as if when I encounter people that look like me, that I get the worst treatment. So, yes, we are probably, we as a whole, we're probably angry. We are angry. But what are we doing with that anger? Because if we're taking it out on each other, then we're no better than the person who has been has played a great part in in feeding us what it took to get us here. But we do have a responsibility not to stay here. So I I I just that that's a lot of question right there that you asked, Carla. A lot of question, and I'm not offended by it at all because it is it is a discussion that needs to to happen, and we need to know and hear about it. Um, even even the making of a slave, and I'm going to turn it over, back over to you guys, uh, the breaking of a Negro, Negro woman. If you guys have not read that, you need to. You need to. And, and to, our, to our men, to our men, if, if you believe, in, if, if you believe, and I won't make this about a black woman, but if, if there needs to be a softening of the heart for, for, for women, period. I'll say that, for women, period. 
But if someone would just take the time, take the time to unfold that bitterness, that anger, that disappointment, those unexpressed expectations of any woman, especially a black woman, I'll say that, but of any woman, there's a great woman in there. Like there's a great person in everybody. We're just totally misunderstood. And that builds up and that, that turns into what I was out um, because it was, it was, it was women. It was women that were were angry people. So why? I don't I, I don't know. Maybe so it's funny that the caller you know kinda went there, it's strange, but it was women that I encountered. Just angry. But behind that anger is, is some embedded disappointment and unexpressed expectations and pain. So back over to you guys. Carla, did you have anything else? No, no. Uh, we'll, we'll take you out, and if you have uh, if you have anything else, then just uh, just press number one again. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna kind of tie everything back in, Tammy. Um, at least I'm gonna try to. Um, I I think that I didn't get a chance to read it. But, Hold on. Uh, did you want to just say it? Yeah. All right. Hold on. Tamari has something to tell me. Okay. Oh, I was going to, I just wanted to respond to that question the gentleman had asked about. Tell her to come closer to the phone. Yes. Oh, I said I told Rodney I wanted to respond to the gentleman's question regarding women. And mm-hmm. I think, to I think, Tammy, you brought up a lot of good points, but even speaking from personal experience, I think people do negate the fact that there might be a series of things that bring people to that point. And there was a, um, there's an article that I found, and it said, in the aftermath of slavery, the resulting social, economic, and political effects, black women have become the victims of negative stereotyping in mainstream American culture such stereotypes include the myth of the angry black woman that characterizes these women as aggressive, ill-tempered, illogical, overbearing, hostile, and ignorant without provocation. However, many of the negative characteristics of the angry black woman developed in response to external stressors and historical factors. And then I know, I think I've talked to, I know you and Rodney about behavioral confirmation and it's a psychological mm-hmm. thing where if you have a bias, you treat people a certain way, and then you say that they're reacting poorly, but you don't think about the actions you did to cause it. So an example may be um, like teenagers. If they serve you at a restaurant, if you believe teenagers provide bad service, then you act out or act a fool, you get bad service, you're going to say it's because they're teenagers, not the fact that you were a horrible customer, or vice versa. If you assume black people don't tip, well, you give black people bad service because you assume they aren't going to tip, they give you bad service, then you're like, oh, it's because they don't tip. And so I think the same way, Tammy, like you mentioned, other women get angry too, but I think it's the stereotypes that have been ingrained 
in society. And even as a black woman, we probably believe it too because we've heard it so much because nobody characterizes a white woman as an angry white woman, even though they get angry. <laughs> so Ellie Woods, in response mm-hmm. to Tiger Woods cheating, busted out his windows. But nobody said, no one called her angry white woman. But it had it been a black woman, it would have been like, oh, she's an angry black woman. And it's like, you're damn right she's probably angry because you keep on doing stuff to her. And I'm just speaking from personal experience. I know that I've been struggling with that lately, and I'm reading The Bait of Satan. And it's true, the devil will use offenses, but I literally was thinking to myself just last week, I said, if I were to die, because I'm so hurt, I tend to lash out when I'm hurt. Because my, my sign is a cancer. I care so hard about people, but when I feel like they don't care, I get angry and I lash out. And it's not the right way to handle it, but I do. It's just how I am because I care. And when I feel like like other people don't care, I tend to bottle all of it up and then I lash out. And it's because of repeated things happening over and over, like most of the time, like at work, I don't just lash out all at once. It's usually from a repeated series of behaviors or things that have been done to me that make me feel that way. And that's what happened at my last job before I left. Like, people kept pushing my buttons. They kept trying me. They kept doing things. And the thing is, in their mind, they'll make, I think it's called gaslighting, where people will make you feel crazy for how you feel. And to Rodney's point earlier, the Bible does say be angry and sin not, but I don't think people realize the amount of hurt that they can cause someone else to make them get to that point. So I think for black women, a lot of them have been hurt repeatedly over and over and over and then they want people want them to just shut up and deal with it so it's like well wait a minute stop doing the stuff to them to make them lash out or to make them be angry you know Tamaria I think I think a, a, another question would be especially with the with the buttons um, being pushed I think a great question for us to ask ourselves, because I was that person while I would just allow the buttons to be pushed over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, if, if I think you're thinking about pushing my button, I'm on you. Like, I'm getting your buttons. I'm not just pushing. I'm, I'm there. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm to that point where, and, and it doesn't matter work or whatever, like, I've been I challenged the last few jobs that I've had. I've been challenged to where I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to take it. I, I'm not. We're not going there. We're not going to spend another three. You're not going to get another three, four years of my life for a paycheck. There are too many places right. I can go and have a place to lay my head and eat. And that's all I really need. That's all I really need. And so we have to go back. It all goes back to self. And internally, why do we allow? Could it be because we don't, we already know we're seen as the angry ones and we don't want to be, or is it that we're afraid to lose this paycheck? What, or, or we've been, we've grown up in this, like Ronnie asked the question, is it a learned behavior? Is it a learned behavior to, to become so passive and allow people to just walk on us? Because if you allow a person to walk on you, they're going to they're gonna run on you. 
and you don't that have to so do it real. in a way to where you're loud and all that, but you can make your point. You can say, we need to have a conversation, and we need to have it today because we won't have another day like this. Somebody's going to be absent, and it doesn't mean you're going to come in there and, and, and blow up the place, of course, but somebody, if we don't have this conversation, some, somebody's going to be absent tomorrow because I'm not going to deal with this. And I think in every case, we need to start looking at life like that. Deal with it or we don't deal at all. That, and that's how that's it becomes. So if we, are, if we are those people who are allowing our buttons to be pushed consistently year after year, then we need to look inside and say, why? Why, why am I allowing this? What is it in me? Because that's not good. Go ahead, Mary. No, I was just going to agree with you. That is so true, Tammy. And I think you brought up a good point. I think some of it is learned because I know for me, I have been told all my life, oh, you're, you're bigger or you're taller and don't do this and don't do that to make other people feel more comfortable. But people don't, just being honest, people don't give a damn about how I feel. And I'm learning that over and over. Everybody else is like, this is just who I am, deal with it. But then I feel like people expect me to bend to accommodate them, but I don't get that same, that I don't get the same thing in return. And it's really frustrating. I've been reading, like, the books and things like that to help. But you're right. I think we've been conditioned to think that we're supposed to suppress our feelings and deal with a lot of stuff to make everybody else be comfortable, even if they're not making us comfortable. So you suppress those things in the workplace because even in college, they tell you, oh, you have to be a certain way. If you want to climb the corporate ladder, you have to. I literally have had vice presidents tell me, oh, you need to be, um, you need to go and be nice to this person or you need to get in good with them. And after a while, I was like, I don't care to be getting good with them. I really don't care what they think. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So, no, I'm not kissing their butt. I don't really care. Like, I'm not doing it. And I, since my uh, last, I guess, two jobs, I said to myself, from now on, whenever people make me uncomfortable, I'm going to make them uncomfortable, to your point. Because I had been right. holding back so long to make everybody else comfortable and it's still a struggle for me because I do love hard and I do care about people, but I keep getting shown over and over, people don't give a damn about me. They say it, but their actions show otherwise. And, and Tamari, if so. I may jump in, we got we to gotta stop thinking that caring about people means that you get to consistently push my button. And you said people don't give a damn about how you feel. If you if, if if we allow people to consistently, everybody has a time and, and, and a day there where they might say something or do something that throws you off or offend offends you. But if you are always on my button, then we have a problem. And if I allow it, then I don't give a damn about my feelings because I'm letting you walk all over them. So people are going to treat you how you treat you and how you allow them to treat you. And you have to go in the door speaking up for yourself professionally, but letting them know, I give a damn about how I feel when I come here and when I leave here. So if I come here feeling good, you better believe that at least four four days out of these weeks, I may give you one day, but if I'm going home every day feeling funky, then we got a problem. And I think that's why people, we're seeing the, 
the 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 issues with the shootings and the killings because people are afraid to speak because they need their jobs. Mm-hmm. They want their jobs. And by the time they get to the point, there's no there's no discussion to to be made because they feel so depleted and so misused. But but some of that goes back to us. I have a lot whatever you do to me and you continue to do to me, I have allowed it. And now I got to take responsibility for that. I can't put that on you because people are going to be who they are and do what they do if you allow them to. And that's at work, at home, at wherever. That's wherever. And so it comes back to me, you, and whoever, whomever is listening. It comes back to you, period. Period. Nobody can do what you don't allow. And you and I believe this that we I, I think it's very rare that we can be offended. So much so unless there's already something there. Because I'm also at the point now that there, there's there's not much that offends me anymore. That doesn't mean that I don't feel some kind of way. But to be offended, it takes it in a different place. And if I am, I'm asking myself, okay, Tammy, where is the sore? Where is this sore spot? This is coming from somewhere. Something somewhere undone, unfinished. What is it? And that place, I have yet to to not find a soft spot when I'm offended. There's a soft spot there that I need to attend to and move on. Because I think a lot of times that things happen to us to grow us and that it keeps happening because we keep staying in that place and God wants us to grow beyond that place. And so we keep going through the circle and we wonder why. Because we we got to renew the mind. we got to be changed. We cannot have that right relationship with God. We can't even passionately serve our purpose with some of the stuff that's in us. Because it blocks us. And so sometimes we keep going through it because God's saying, okay, you're going to get this one way or another. You're going to get it. We're going to keep, you're going to keep taking this one over. So you might as well study and pass the test to move on. That is so real. Oh, just the FYI, there's an app called The Pattern. I don't know if y'all have heard about it, but I started looking at it. I mentioned it to Rodney. But it's really good. Like, when I tell you it's been spot on, and to your point, Tammy, about, like, taking care of yourself, literally, and you are spot on, one of the things that mine said is it's important for you to learn to nurture and support others in a way that's authentic for you. Otherwise, you might be taken advantage of. You could be exploited by a person or corporation who knows you will give and give and not expect any in return. And I was like, wow, that's deep, but that might help other people who have a similar personality type who genuinely mm-hmm. feel like they are, they are caring and they're trying to help people, but it's it's like, dang, I don't take care of myself. I'm sitting here worried about people who ain't worried about me. Mm. Whether it's job, home, wherever, and it's true. If you, if you don't take care of yourself, so... Being in that cycle and rut is very frustrating as somebody who tends to be that way just based on my nature. Um, Even with the life languages, it's the same thing. So for people out there who are empaths, 
learning how to protect your space as well, especially from people who might take advantage of it and use it because they know they can get away with it. Because they don't do that to everybody. They do it to the people that they know will forgive exactly. them or who they know exactly. won't get as mad. And I, I talked to my, my boss about this recently. I was like, I noticed you care, but you care about the people who are going to get more mad at you. So they know, well, Tamaria, she's nice. So we can do this to her, but other people they wouldn't dare do it to. And I've had that in relationships too, where I know there's some stuff that I've had to deal with. People wouldn't try that with anybody else. They do it because they're like, you know what? It's Tamaria. I've even had girlfriends who acknowledge the fact like, oh, yeah, they probably wouldn't do it to anybody else, but they feel like they can. So it's been a constant battle where I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't want to get bitter. I don't want to hate people. I don't want to change who I am because of other people. And it's a struggle. And, and you know, Tamari, okay, so first tell us again, you said the pattern, that's the name of it? The pattern. I'll send you the app. I sent you some stuff in a text, you and Rodney, but I'll send you the app for the pattern. Like, it literally talks about a lot of stuff. And all you give it is your name, your la- your first name, your last name, your date of birth. Um, and it, like, it is spot on. My, uh, a coworker had told me about it, and hers is pretty spot on, too. Like, it's very eerie how spot on it is. But they, they do say there's something in the name, like what you name your child is important because all that I've stuff, that like, yeah. it does matter. Um, so it's really interesting to see. Um, and then I know some people believe in signs, some don't, but I know being a cancer, a lot of the things in terms of sensitivity, caring, stuff like that is true. That's, like, it's who I am. And it's just trying to make sure I don't allow toxic people to ruin me because of their behaviors. Because I've allowed it for too long in my life. And then I'm starting to change who I am, but I'm changing because of people, which I don't want to become somebody that I'm not. Like, I still want to be the person I feel like God has called me to be. But I realized, even through reading that book I sent you and Rodney, The Bait of Satan, I have allowed the enemy to use people and situations to get me to a place of being bitter and angry. And see, Tamari, I think I'm going to go back to um, the you brought up the life languages, and, and, and I'm going to piggyback off on that because that that is that is what I do, and I remember you taking it, uh, Tamari, and I remember the first time I took it, and it was, it was mine. It was, it just blew my mind because for, for 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 the first time, I understood some things. Like I just I got it. Like I'm not crazy. This is just how. This is my DNA. This is how I was wired. Now mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that all those things were healthy for me, and so I had to learn how, and I'm still learning, like I'm still bringing some of those things forward, um, how to make it all work for me. I say that to say you could be the best, and responders are some of the, which was what your first language was. Responders are, most of the people are responders that take the life language. Most of them are responders. And I have, 
I have just so happened to have um, a little clues for communication on responders, which is what Tamaria's first language is. And I'm going to go over a little of those just, just for the sake because we went here, and I want to encourage everybody. If there is something, stop being so caught up with not taking assessments, not reading like the pattern. Um, I have started to listen to so many things that, are, that, that help me back it out. Like I, it's just coming up and coming out, and it is a daily process. But some of the, the clues for communication for a responder, responder verbal, relational, accepting, emotions, energized, creative, athletic, enjoy contact sports, now-oriented, visible, second language, shakes hands, physically responsive, many friends, prefers one-on-one, likes approval, sensitive to self, sensitive to others, loyal, carries burdens, She's for, or she or he is for the underdog, usually loves animals, may, may get depressed and reactive. And there's some other things in there um, that kind of talk about their, some other characters, characteristics. But just those things alone, like especially loyal, sensitive to others, um, life approval. I don't know which ones stand out to you, you to you more. Oh, it's a few of them. Um, <laughs> a few of them. And it doesn't mean that you're mm-hmm. all of them, but it is. it comes to a point where no matter what you are, you need balance. And to and to go back to what you were talking about, like some of the people that you work with, they won't do some things to the other people because of how they know they are. But mm-hmm. it still goes back to us because sometimes we we are taking our frustration out on not sometimes most times the wrong person and the person that we know we can do it on, but. It goes back to the person who allows it, mm-hmm. not to the person who's doing it, because they're gonna they're gonna be who they are. That's so true. They're gonna true. simply be who they are. A bird's gonna be a bird, and so forth and so forth. So it goes back to us people and knowing who you are, understanding who you are, and being the healthy version of yourself. Whatever that is, whatever that is. So going back to the topic, anger, allow your anger to move you into growing beyond what keeps you angry. What has gotten you angry is keeping you angry. What is distorting your reality, the misunderstandings that you have with yourself, and so on. Just start looking inwardly. And Tamari, I can just by talking to you tonight and hearing you, I can tell you on that journey of because you don't want to, you don't, you don't not want to be a responder. You just want to be a healthy responder. You don't want to be in right. stress flares. You don't want to change your responder language. You just have to learn how to be a healthy responder, and that goes back to. We cannot think that we are for everyone and can make everybody happy. We can satisfy everybody, that we got to be there for everyone. And saying no 
does not mean that you're not a healthy responder. Not saying no to some friends, not needing someone's approval um, does not mean that you're, that actually means you are a healthy responder, knowing your, your land, your balance, your language. Just like for me, I have to, I was sharing this with a friend today, I have to be intentional about acting my thoughts. I'm a contemplator, so I think, think, think. I think about what I thought about. I think about the decision that I came up with, and then I question it. But I had to learn that about myself. And so now I'm trying to close that gap. Okay, Tammy, make a decision. Make a decision. And you deal with the consequences however they, they fall. Now, it doesn't mean that I, I rush into them either, and there comes a time and a place, and you have to have some balance in it. But I can't sit and think all my life either. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. So that's recognizing where my characteristics and my qualities and my language can become unhealthy for my life, although thinking is a great thing. It's just when you use it and how. And everything has to be in balance. Like we said, too much water will kill you as great as it is for us. People have died from an overdose on water. So I don't want to die over overdose my life to die, meaning of thinking. I don't want life to pass me by. Tamaria, you can't put people before you forever. Because if you're going to respond to people, you damn well better make sure that you're responding to yourself first. That is so true. God says love your neighbor as you love yourself, meaning he wants you to love yourself because you can't give it if you ain't got it. So you can't even respond in a healthy matter to someone else unless you are first responding to yourself. That's with being a wife. That's with being a mama. That's with everything. Respond. Try responding and having that same relation, those things that I just named out, sensitive to others, be more sensitive to yourself and what you go through and what you need. Because once you be it for you, then you can be it for somebody else in a, in a, in a very healthy way. Not where it's, it's, it's making you feel like I don't want to be this way because to not be that way is to deny how God created you. He just wants you to have a healthy balance in it. Yes, well, um, just a marketing plug, I always mention the life languages, like to people, well, you know, Tammy, I've shared it with people even outside of the radio show, but life languages is awesome, Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely reach out to Tammy, um, the pattern, and then if you are someone who has been struggling with anger, resentment, bitterness, whatever it is, The Bait of Satan is a great book. I'm actually almost finished it, but it's it's really good, Um, very eye-opening. And I'll share it. Um, I do see where you've texted. So if anybody's listening and they and, and you wanted more information on it, I'll forward you what Tamaria has, has sent me. And then I'll forward the pattern as well. So you can reach out to me on Facebook. You can call, you know, 901-830-6088. Text me. And I'll, whatever she sends, I'll send it. And I'll, I can post it on Facebook as well for those of who are listening, listening and want it. Um, but you guys, we just have to be better. 
We just got to take care of ourselves better and don't think that that's selfish in doing, that that's a selfish act. That is not a selfish act. That is one of the most, that's that one of the smartest things that you can do is to love yourself. And if I could use your words and not give a damn about what someone else thinks of you or wants you to be or, or want you to do, because most of those same people don't have it together. And they are just looking for something to take the attention away from their dysfunction, their misery, their pain. And we don't want people to, to, to overlook that. People don't grow if you keep allowing that. And we don't want the people that we care about to remain unhealthy, unhappy, in pain. We don't. So take care of you, then you can take care of others. And that is not a selfish act. Take responsibility for what you feel, how you feel, no matter what it is. First, take responsibility of it. Own it. Acknowledge it. And, and, and be honest with yourself about if it's working. It's never too late to start. Never. Never. So if you don't like where you are, if you don't like how you feel, if you don't like being angry, if you don't like feeling some kind of way most of the days, because we're all going to have those days. Life happens. But even then, you can make a choice. Door number one or door number two. And remember, wherever you end up, you are choosing to be there. Because I've talked to myself out of feeling Whoa, it's me, angry. I've talked myself out of that. And it hadn't been so long ago. I just had to share with someone about a week ago, I'm sending you things, and sometimes people think you're sending it to them to help them. And I said, yeah, I think it's going to help you, but you know why? Because it's helping me. I'm listening to it. If I'm sending it to you, I've listened to it. And sometimes I'm listening over and over and over again. And that brings me to you guys. There's, there, if you've never heard of the book, there's a spiritual solution for every problem. Wayne Dyer, it's on YouTube for free. You can listen for free. And the other one is Making the Shift. These are two books that you can listen to. I think I'm on my fifth or sixth round with There's a Spiritual Solution to Every Problem meaning I've listened to it. Oh, I put it on while I'm cleaning, washing, whatever, driving. So there's a spiritual solution to every problem. It's on YouTube, Wayne Dyer, the book. He reads it himself. You hear it. And then Making the Shift, Wayne Dyer, YouTube. There's another Abraham Hicks. If you put that in, this is. it comes back to something else, but it's Abraham hyphen Hicks or something like that. That's another um, link that I listen to. Joe Dispenza, I listen to him. And, and let me say this. Don't click off the first time you hear something that you don't agree with. We got to stop doing that, too. You cannot agree with everything that everybody says or, or does. And we, we, we're closed-minded and self-whatever it is. You're just closed-minded when you do that, when you think that everything 
that you hear you have to agree with. I don't agree with everything, but what I do agree with and what helps me, baby, I'm writing it down, I'm, re- I'm rewinding, I'm sending it, texting it to myself so I can, and, it, and I could have heard something in there that I don't agree with, but why would I focus on what I don't agree with? Because I'm going to miss out on a, on a whole lot of things that I do and that are ben- that's beneficial to my spirit and my growth. So it starts with the end. Rodney and Tamari, back over to you all. And Rodney, if you're ready, because I know it's getting late. We've gone way over, but this has been a great show. Thankful for for Tamaria's um, input and our caller and all that. It's just been a great show. I I totally agree. I think that um um there there's definitely something um no matter what it is. I think there was a lot said tonight, and I think. There was something or some things to take away from the show. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we have to remember that when, when we think about being angry, um, recognizing that it is a natural emotion. Um, but I would recommend to everybody not letting it take uh, take you to a point where it ruins your entire day or ruins your week or um, or ruins your life because I think, um, in the in the heat of the moment, um, sometimes our emotions get the best of us, whether it's anger or, or any other emotion, fear. I think sometimes, um, you know, we, we make emotional decisions. So I think that we just have to learn that if we are angry, um, going back to, you know, um, things that our, our caller said, if if we are angry, find a way um, to deal with that anger in, in a positive manner. And um, it, he did mention, um, you know, using it as motivation. But there there are other things that you can do if you find yourself um, angry. Um, you know, take control of the anger or um, try to think on positive things. Try to, you know, think on, well, you know, while I may not agree with this or while I may not like this or that this has happened to me, um, it could be worse. Or I may not have had a good morning, but let me see if I can have a good afternoon. Or I may not have had, you know, the best day today, but let me try to, you know, go home and, 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 you know, recuperate and come back and try this again tomorrow um, instead of letting things fester and, and, and sit there for a long time because, um, as we talked about tonight, nothing good is going to come from um, you letting um, any negative feeling, anger or any other negative feeling, uh, continue to sit there. Um, so I think this was this – was, um, a great idea, Tammy, um, to to talk about something uh, to um, you know this magnitude tonight. I think it's very timely because I, I, I agree with you. There are a lot of there are a lot of angry people um, out in our society, um, and there's a reason why everybody's angry. 
we may or may not ever get to the bottom of it or get to the truth. Um, but just know um, if you're listening and you feel like, you know, you deal with angry people or um, you encounter someone at a time when they're angry, just know that a lot of times it's it goes beyond what you can see on the surface. A lot of times anger is a lot deeper um, than what we can see right in front of our faces. So um, try not to take things personal. Try not to look at it um, as there is something wrong with you because someone is angry, because the anger that you may be seeing or the anger that you may be feeling coming from somebody else, it may have nothing to do with you. So try to see the good, try to see the positive, always try to get to the root of the problem. And then maybe, just maybe, we can move from that place of anger to a place of excitement or to that place of joy, that place of happiness. Uh, Tammy, back over to you. Um, as we, I'm going to share some news. I was, I didn't plan on doing it tonight, but I feel led to do so. But I, um, I just want to share it because I feel truly, truly blessed to have the opportunity, I have some, um, I, I received some great news a couple weeks ago. Um, I, well, about a month or so ago, I auditioned for a TV show called Bridging. It's a um, TV show that's going to be coming out of Atlanta, but uh, recorded here. And I am happy to announce that I did receive um, the honor of being a host for the show Bridging. And Bridging is basically about bridging um, the gaps that create confusion, division, chaos, all of that, things that, that some of the things that we've talked about here tonight. So I go into pre production this Saturday. I'll be recording um, three to four shows starting this Saturday for uh, the network. And the shows, as far as I know, will we're, we're shooting for the first Monday in April for the first airing of the show. But we'll know as we progress and get all of them recorded. There are several um, hosts we'll all be talking about different Topics we we were allowed to pick the gap um, that we are most passionate about, and for me it was or is the gender gap, male, female, women, men. Um, I won't get into to much of that tonight because I'd like for you guys to hear it and see the show, but I thank God for it because it truly was. Um, a blessing of how it came about. Um, so it, it's just going to open up an, another avenue for for me, not 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 so much as to, um, how can I say it? I just feel like I've, I've gone through enough. I've seen enough. I've felt enough. I've had it, a lot of emotions about a lot of things in my life. And just as I sat tonight and shared with you about the 
um, things in our lives in our lives that happen to us shapes our personality. It in some way or another um, guides our perceptions, which leads to that reality. And so for me, I've had to go through that spiritual surgery that we talked about here on the, on the Butterfly Evolution show. Um, I just had, and I've thought about this a couple of times since Sunday because um, my godparents were here for dinner and um, and I've just, I just kind of adopted them as my godparents, so I'm just going to claim it. But my godfather said something that really has left a mark on me. He said something about me. He heard he was listening to a show, and he could feel, even before the show, other, other times that he felt how unhappy I was. And a question was asked of me on the show that I, and I remember this so vividly, but I remember the question, I remember answering it, and he said, he said it was almost as if you were spreading, spreading light, but you were, in, you were in the dark, you were still in darkness. And so, and I could go back, and I could, I could, I could remember that time where I, even in the midst of doing these shows, where I just felt like life was just, I don't know, it was just, I wasn't truly, truly happy. And I've always wanted to get to the point where if I didn't have anything, that I had joy and peace in my life. And so I'm speaking to you guys who may feel some kind of way. I had to really stop and look inward. I had to, I had to really go into, as Samaria mentioned, my life, the life language. I had to read it. I had to study it. I had to dig through it and try to figure out why do I keep coming back to this place of unhappiness or just feeling like I'm telling you guys not to feel. And so I can truly tell you that I'm at a point in my life where I'm free. And that doesn't mean I'm free of, of, of things, of emotions, of stuff happening, life happening. I'm not free of that. But my spirit is free. And we are spirit. And we're running around chasing this world when we are far more than the world. We were fearfully and wonderfully made. And the word that you believe in, like our caller said, that we got to have that relationship with God. And I go back. If you don't have a relationship with you, the very you that the God created, you can't have a relationship with him. You can't have a relationship with anybody else. And if you want to know if you love yourself, watch your actions. Not someone else's. Watch how you do you. Watch how you treat you. Watch what you allow in your life. And you don't have to be mean and ugly and disrespectful to honor you. But it is required that you do. It is a requirement of loving yourself and loving God. So I, I, I'm there and I'm so thankful because I, I, I wouldn't have, had I not been in the place that I am now, I don't believe this would have come 
to me. And it's not, it's not an easy, it's not going to be an easy journey. Like I have hours and hours and hours of work to do before, before Saturday. And that's the greatest of it all. I get to write my own content. I'm not going in and saying the words of other people because I already, I, I know that would not be for me. And it's an international network seen all over the world. But that wouldn't have worked for me if you got to tell me what to say because you're not me. And so I'm thankful. And I tell you guys, pursue freedom from yourself. That's where God is. That's where the spirit that's in you is. The word says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So there's nothing that you lack. You just don't know or you've not accepted that you have it. I do believe our greatest fear that we are far more, far more than we think we are. And we're afraid to try. We're afraid to to lose it all, to gain it all. And one of the, the most profound things I heard this past weekend is that you're not doing anything. You're being done. And, and I won't even go into explaining that. If you want to know my perception of it, give me a holler. I would love to have that conversation. But that hit me. You're not doing anything. You're being done. So I'll share more as I, as I get it, and I hope you guys will tune in. Let's look at it. Um, I'm going to hopefully be doing, I don't know when, but a man on the uh, man on the street, woman on the street, too, where we go around and get the thoughts of others about um, the gender gap as it relates to, you know, our attitudes, how we treat each other, what we're doing, you know, in each other's lives. If you have something to share, send it to me, email it to me, and I'll share it, but Gender gap is basically the discrepancy in opportunities, status, attitudes, et cetera, between men and women. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, so that's all I have, uh, Rodney. And <coughs> you, can take it, you can take it over from there. I'm quiet for the rest of the night. Tammy, that is really awesome news, and uh, we, we are very um, happy for you and proud of you. Um, we know that um, – you will go and, and, and do great, um, and we're excited to see you uh, on TV. Um, make sure you let us know um, so that either we can uh, tune in live or, um, you know, watch it at a, at a later time, depending on how the network does it. But that is really, wow. um, really good stuff. Cool. Thank so you. All thank of you. you. All of you guys who tuned in tonight, we really appreciate it. We appreciate the the dialogue. We appreciate um, you know the, the the questions, the the comments, the conversation um, in itself because I think it's always helpful um, to get uh, multiple perspectives, um, especially when they are a quality um, quality perspective. So, thank you to everyone who tuned in. Uh, we hope that you'll do the same thing next Tuesday at the same time, same station. Good night, everybody.